All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. When Jonathan said, hey, we're all normal people here, I'm like, hey, some people may be normal, but everybody's normal till you get to know them, right? Because you're all weird, if we could admit it. But uh, thanks for that intro. So yeah, we were, we came, I think the week of, like my memory was the week of 9-11, because we, we started, the week of 9-11 was our first week here in Manhattan, and we were here for six years, and it was, it was a wild ride, and still continues to be. So uh, thanks for having me. Um, so we're going to start this series, we're going to kick off this series on uh, Can I Hear God? Right? Can I hear God? The answer is yes. All right, let's bow your head in prayer and uh, let's, no, just, but no, the answer is yes. And so we're going to get into this. So let me pray. Father God, I pray that uh, whatever words you have me use, Father, I pray that you would speak clearly to everyone here of who you are, of who they are. God, insight into their world, insight into their life. God, that you would speak clearly to our hearts and that we would be your people wherever we go and be the church on campus, in this community, that we would be followers of you in a very genuine way to love on people the way they need to be loved on and to see them come to know you. So, Father, we just lift up this time to you and just say, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, being in ministry for almost 18 years, is that right? 18? 99? That's a long time. A um, couple common questions that kind of I've been asked, I'm sure Jonathan, Reagan, my wife Becky have been asked this, how do I know that I'm making the right decisions in life? That's a very common question. How do I know that the decisions that I'm going or the course that I'm going, how do I know that it's the right thing? Another question is, what am I here for? Like, I really don't know. I'm trying to discover that. I think I have some sort of talent. Most days I'm more hard on myself than anybody else on the planet. But what am I here for? And then does God still speak today? I remember having a conversation with my brother-in-law, grew up Catholic, and we're at Thanksgiving dinner. How many love Thanksgiving dinners with family, right? Amen. So, um, so anyway, God comes up in the conversation, and, um, and I just said, do you think God, could re- God speaks still today? He goes, no, no way. And I was, I was just kind of thrown by that, just because of kind of the environment that I was in. There was just this, there was this unquestioned belief that, like, yes, God still does speak. And so... Um, but throughout history, people have tried many different and sometimes unusual ways to hear God and get closer to Him. So, um, you know, you had, you know, Jesus dies in a, roughly the year 30, 29 or 30 A.D. Then there was the, 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 the birth of the church, and it really, within the first two, 300 world, uh, 200 years in Rome, turned the world upside down. And uh, r- right around the year, like, 200 AD, 2 to 300 AD, there was this small group of people called the ascetics. And what they would do is they would, they would leave town and they would go out by themselves and they would do 
sometimes some pretty crazy things to hear God. They would beat themselves. Uh, well, there's one story where they would build platforms and they would uh, stay out on these platforms night and day in their devotion to God to hear his, his, his voice, to, to get closer to God. And that's one of the, the ideas, up on the platform you're closer than everybody else. I mean, to, the, to a certain extent, they, they had this belief that the flesh was bad and that the spirit is good. It's called Gnosticism. The flesh is bad, the spirit is good, and so they would beat their flesh in order to reduce its desires so that they could become more spiritual in their life. There's one, there's one story where um, up on those platforms, they would begin to, their, their skin would begin to become diseased. And uh, there was one guy, this might, I'm glad you're not eating, but anyway, uh, there was one guy where uh, worms began to develop on his body, and he would intentionally place the worms, if they fell off his body, they would place, he would place them back on his body, because it was like, you know, eat, eat the flesh, because I want to become more spiritual. I want to hear God. But a hundred years after that, there was this idea uh, really began uh, with the codification of the church in Rome through Constantine and a lot of land uh, benefits that if you were to donate portions of your land to the church uh, because Christianity became adopted as kind of the official religion uh, of Rome, um, you could donate a portion of your land if you own land and you'd get a tax benefit. And, um, and so you had this, the, the kind of construction of churches all over the place and there were priests to those churches. And there developed this idea that the priest was the one who hears God and that everyone else just kind of needs to just listen to the priest. He's your mediator. He's the one that he listens to God and everyone else just kind of stays in, re in receiving form from the priest. Widespread belief that only the priest could hear God and speak to God that you need a mediator man between you and God. But I'm here to tell you there was, a, there was a man named Martin Luther who in his own discovery of the Scriptures turned the whole Catholic system upside down to say, you know what? We don't need a priest to hear God. You are made in the image of God and are able to hear Him speak clearly. So, sadly, so many followers of Jesus, even today, reduce Jesus to merely believing that He existed and died on a cross for our sins, and really, as long as you believe that, you're good to go. But, like Rob said, Jesus died for so much more than just that. He wants to have this dynamic, intimate relationship with you that you've been made for, to hear His voice, that prayer is not a monologue, that it begins a dialogue between you and the creator of the universe. Now, just kind of stand back and think about that. Everything that you see, the creator of the universe, the universe that what astrophysicists say is expanding, expanding into what is my question. But that God who made it all wants to speak directly to you. That is amazing. 
And so our kind of our core verse through this series is going to be this. Acts 22.14, it says, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know His will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from His mouth. He's chosen you to hear words from His mouth. When I was a, uh, in between my freshman and sophomore year in college, I went to KU. Anyway, don't blame me. Don't, uh, don't uh, put me in a box if I go to KU, but... Power cats. Um, so in between, there was, there was, a, there was a, f- a friend of mine. I was in a fraternity, and a friend of mine at the end of that freshman year kind of spoke very directly to me about my life, about the corruption of my own life, my hypocrisy of my life. And um, I couldn't really get rid of that word. He just really spoke directly to me, and I, I reacted. I got mad. But every time I put my head down on the pillow, that word would kind of percolate back up. And I knew God was really putting his finger on my heart and on my life. But it took me a little while to actually do anything about it. I just needed to marinate it in a little bit. I, I, didn't, I didn't have enough courage to act on it. And I was dating a gal at the time, and um, we ended up breaking up. Because I, I just knew. like I thought she was maybe the one, but once God kind of spoke to my heart, the, the whole scene changed for me. And I just kind of knew. I knew that this relationship wasn't God-honoring. I knew that it probably is not from the Lord. And so the night I broke up uh, with her, we kind of mutually broke up because she got mad at me because she kind of knew I wasn't in love with her anymore. And um, it was raining outside. It was like this huge storm. And we're like a block from her house at this park. And she's like, fine, I'll make it easy. And she jets out of the car. And I remember breaking down in tears, um, not so much that this relationship was broken up, but because of the years that I knew about God and never did anything about it. And now here's this moment. And so I'm crying in the car, and I hear God speak to me in a very small whisper. Don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And it just stilled my heart. And, and I'm like, wow, I've, that, that was a new experience. I've never heard that before. But just a whisper in the midst of this storm, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And a few months later, I'm, I, I, I began, and that night I went back home and I gave God my whole life and I just said, God, do with whatever you want to do with my life. It's yours. I'm not in charge anymore. I want you to be in charge. I knew Jesus as Savior, but I never knew him as Lord. And so I said, God, you're in charge. A couple, couple months later, I remember going back to school, and one weekend I completely blow it. I just completely tune God out, turn God off, um, and I just, I just had a weekend where I just kind of did what I used to do. And um, I remember Sunday night calling one of my friends from Colorado. I grew up in Denver. And I called one of my friends and I just, I told him, I said, hey man, I, this whole weekend I just blew it and I'm crying in tears. And he said, man, turn to Psalm 32. So I was like, okay. Psalm 32 says this, finally, and it's, it's, we, we have the latter portion of this verse, but it begins by, it be, it, earlier it says this, finally I confessed all my sins to you and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. 
All my guilt is gone, for you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. And the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and what's over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or a mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. There's God's promise to you. That I want to I guide you. I want to lead you. I want to speak to you. Not only over the decisions that you have to make, but of, begin, of defining who you are. Defining how He's made you. What you're made to do. How you're made to bless people. Uh, not only make decisions, but like uh, in beginning to be able to interpret the circumstances through which we live. Like, God, how do you see what's happening over our nation? God, how do you see what's happening over in Sudan? God, how do you see where's your heart in this? And we begin to hear his voice and see what he sees and feel what he feels. Now, imagine driving on a hilly road. You ever, well, so the Flint Hills, right? A lot of hills. Other than that, that's all the hills that are on I-70. Anyway, um, going, going, you know, being at KU or living here and then driving to Denver. I mean, once you leave the field hills, man, you can just put autopilot on and go to sleep. Anyway, it's pretty flat. But imagine driving on a very hilly road. Do you ever try to, do you ever get, have you ever gotten behind a slow person on those kind of roads? And you're like, dude, drive your car. And you try to pass, but you don't have enough time to pass that guy. And so you're like, man, I wish I knew if there was a car or not coming this way on a hill that I can't see so I could pass this guy and keep driving. I'm sure you never get frustrated driving, so that's probably just me. But anyway, but imagine if somebody was up in a helicopter that had a direct line to you to say, it's good to go. You're, you're free for miles. You can pass this guy up. You would have the confidence that even though you wouldn't be able to see beyond the next hill, you'd be like, I'm good, I can pass this guy, because my friend up in the helicopter can see farther than I can see. That's a, what a relationship with Jesus does, is that every day you're, 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 you're wanting or you're crying out for the things just beyond the next hill, and you're asking him, God, what should I do today? Who have you made me to be? I, God, I need your perspective over this problem or this issue. God, I need your solution. What is it? And it's the Father hovering right above you, knowing exactly what's in front of you. And you're just praying to him, getting counsel from him, getting his perspective. That's what a relationship with Jesus does to your life. Could you imagine the kind of impact that would have on your life? I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be relegated to just responding to circumstances in your life. You would have absolute security of, I know who I am, and I know what God has in front of me. And I'm unmoved by circumstances. If people are freaking out, I'm unmoved. If people are out protesting, I'm unmoved. Because I know God's perspective over everything, or over this issue. But I would submit that your life is so much more than just the choices and decisions that you make and the relationships that you have, but something far, far more significant. It's to know God and enjoy Him fully. To know 
God and enjoy Him fully. It's not just about your own life. It's about you being in relationship to a God that is unfathomable and so great that we can have a relationship with this God that's never-ending. He is so faithful. He's the pursuer of your hearts. He is the, he is the God of victory. He is the, he is the one that guards uh, and protects your heart and life. I mean, and that's just five of hundreds of ways of who God is. It's to know God and enjoy Him fully. That's, when, you, when you think about it, everything in life, and, and my, my wife would agree, even in marriage, if you're married, if the one that you're married to becomes the number one love of your life, it gets messed up. Because they were never made to be God. They were never made to be put on that platform. That relationships thrive when God is the one in control. God is the one that we serve together in unity, hand in hand. Now, it might sound strange on the surface, but we naturally hear a lot of voices. Again, just like Jonathan said, some of you hear more voices than others. (laughs) Thanks for letting us know, brother. Um, But what, what, what do we mostly hear? We hear noise, we hear fear, we hear doubt, we hear worry, which is worry is just calculating life without God. That's what worry is. I'm I'm calculating or I'm creating scenarios in my mind of what life would be without God. Uh, We hear depression, we hear despair. But I would say most people and even most Christians have a hard time hearing God's voice. And so this is, if, 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 if that's you and you're like, man, you know, I've really tried to hear God's voice, don't beat yourself up about it. But I want to lay out some parameters that will increase your ability to hear God's voice, to put you in the right situations in order to hear God's voice more clearly. You and I were, were made, fashioned, and created to hear God and to know God's voice in our life. God gives us the capacity to hear His voice. You can kind of go with me with this analogy. We were made in his image. He was spirit, right? We're made in his image. He wasn't a man or a woman before us. We're made in his image, which is his spirit. But then we have our mind, our will, and our emotions attached to that spirit. Now, when Adam and Eve, when they fell, that spirit became dead. It's still there. You're still made in his image. That treasure is still laying in the field, but all we're left with is our mind, our will, and our emotions. What I think, what I want, and what I feel. And that's how we all have lived until we actually meet Christ. That's how we make decisions. That's, that's how we interpret our world. That's how we see ourselves. What I think, what I want, and what I feel. But when Jesus gets on the scene in our life, that spirit becomes alive again, and we need to learn how to let that spirit lead. Not our mind, not our will, not our emotions. Not that we turn those off, but they need to be subservient to that spirit that that is now made alive. It's how we were made to function. That spirit is now alive, and I want that to be the thing that guides my life. Where I, where I, that guides my decisions, that guides how I think, that guides my emotions. And that's really the Christian process of sanctification is that I'm learning how to let this spirit be in charge. 
God gives us the capacity to hear His voice. As that spirit becomes more and more in charge, God's voice will become more and more clear. Hearing God comes from a place of rest. Again, it's, it's not a bunch of activity. I'm fasting for 80 days on just water. You know, a cup of water a day just to keep my flesh alive, and then I'll really hear the Lord. It's not going out and feeding the poor and doing a bunch of activity, but how do you hear the Lord? It comes from a place of rest. If I may ask, how, how many of you it's hard to actually rest today? There's so many things that we busy our life with that sometimes it's hard to just call a time out and say, man, I, I need to be quiet. Because most often than not, we're, we've got a phone in our pocket all the time. And so when we get bored or when we're just waiting around for somebody, instead of just being in the moment and looking out at people and beginning to observe people and beginning to have a conversation with God about His heart for His people, what do we do? We pull out our phone and we check our Instagram. We check our Facebook. We're constantly being inundated with units of information. 200 years ago, On an average year, you would get 200 new pieces of information every year. Okay, and now a, a unit of information is um, Aunt Enid passed away. Enid is just an old word. Anyway, old name. Uh, Martha. You can come up with a lot of different old names. Uh, Gertrude. Gertrude's an old one. Anyway. Um, so you would get new units of information. Uh, certain things would come from, like the almanac with the weather. You would get a unit or uh, bits of information. Today, that was 200 a year. Today, you get in between two and 3,000 units of information a day. A day. That's a commercial. That's Facebook feeds. That's being out in the world interacting with people. That's watching television. That's being on the internet. Two to three thousand units of information a day. And we wonder why we don't hear God's voice very clearly. Hearing God comes from a place of rest. Psalm 46 said this, says this, Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. How many have been out in nature and you felt closer to God out in nature? It's what I love doing when I go back to Colorado, go out on a hike just by yourself. And you just feel closer. Why? It's not that like, you know, hugging a tree makes you closer to Jesus. It's that... <laughs> Well, maybe, I don't know. It's like, hey, this is your creation. I love it. Anyway, <laughs> not that the tree is God, okay? We're not going that far. But it's when you're out in nature, you're just the, the silence, the peace, and you're able to feel more connected to the Lord. 
you follow through with what, kind of what we're talking about and what this kind of series is going to lead into, you can have that same feeling being in the middle of New York City. That peace. That it doesn't matter what the circumstances or the environment in which you're in. Crazy boss. Chaotic co-workers. You know, a bunch of stress and tension on the campus. It's, I, you can have that peace regardless of what's going on around you. That's where God wants to lead you. To where you're interacting and hearing his voice irregardless of what's going on. The average person's lifestyle is so busy, it's not conducive, like I said, to hearing his voice. For instance, what's your typical answer to the question, how are you? For to actually, yeah, fine, I'm fine. I'm freaking out. I lost all my hair because of why I'm freaked out, but I'm fine. No, it's that our lives, if we were to be honest, it's that our lives are so busy, I don't even know when I can sleep. Or I have a hard time sleeping. Or I eat too much. You could probably say that to me. <laughs> I, comfort, I comfort eat just because of the stress, you know. But how are you? Usually we're probably too busy. What's more important than hearing the creator of everything, even your life, to speak to the depths of your own heart? What is more important than that? When you think of being able to connect to the creator of the universe, what is more important than that? Your test? Your, your relationships? Connecting to the creator of the universe absolutely important because it changes your life. Martin Luther, like I mentioned earlier, Martin Luther is the, uh, a priest, he was a Catholic priest, that posted 95 statements about the Catholic Church and about Catholic culture with regards to God's Word and the Scriptures. He wanted to discuss to church leaders. If you wanted to have a discussion with the church leaders, what you would do is you would post your questions on the door of that particular abbey. And so he posts these 95 statements or questions, and all heaven broke loose. He was a very busy man from that point on. But he said this, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. I have so much to do in my day. I don't even know what to do. There's so many problems and issues and people that are pulling for my attention. And I am so busy. I have to spend the first three hours in prayer. That's how Martin Luther lived his life because there were so many demands. There was so much wisdom that needed to be dispensed through his life. And he said, I have to spend time. Why? Because he needed to get God's perspective over all of those situations. All right, moving on. Hearing God comes from a place of stillness. So not just rest, but just being still. It's kind of the same point. We tend to think that it's an outside voice that will uh, be alarming when it comes. So it's like, God, I want you to speak to me. He's not going to like, you know, hey, Jimmy, what's up? You know, it's like, it's not that loud. If you're hearing those voices, let's, you know, let's talk. But the voice of the Lord comes as a friend. It's a familiar voice. Something 
gets inside, something inside of us gets sparked when he speaks. Not that all things you hear in your heart are from God, but it's a familiar, it's familiar in that many times it gets discounted. How do you know when God's speaking to you? Well, one of the things is you come up with better thoughts <laughs> or answers than you could have come up with yourself. You ever been in a conversation with someone and they're asking for insight or wisdom and you begin to kind of like share some things and you walk away from those encounters and you're like, dude, I have never thought that thought before, ever. But because of the need, that was God speaking through you. Now, whether you recognize his voice or not, it's irregardless. He was speaking through you. And so it's important for us to be tuned in. He speaks oftentimes uh, things that seem too good to be true. In fact, if you think it's too good to be true, it probably is. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Wow. You could put that on your mirror, you know, like next to your you know, Rocky poster or something. It's like, God, what He has, I'm just saying, Rocky poster, whatever inspires you. <laughs> You know, maybe a Scarface poster or... I, it's so funny, like, the longer I've been in ministry, I keep, uh, I keep giving, like, movie references, and I realize that my movie references, most likely, were made before everyone else was born. <laughs> my first VHS that I ever owned was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the old one. The second one was Back to the Future. I know Back to the Future by heart because that's what all I would do. We didn't have personal devices. We didn't have screens. If the TV was on, it's because of what dad and mom wanted to watch. And you either had to embrace that or go play with, by yourself. Anyway, <laughs> I remember driving one home, uh, <laughs> driving home one time, and I said, hey, mom and dad, I'm, I'm just going to go home and just play with myself. And they started laughing, and I was wondering why they were laughing. But anyway, that's not what I meant to say. Anyway, God's plans and purposes for your life are so great and amazing. The Father of all creation knows you, and you don't disappoint Him. You may let Him down from time to time, but in His heart, you do not disappoint Him at all, ever. And He's been waiting for this moment in history for you to learn to hear his voice. And he's eagerly, come on, son. Come on, daughter. I want you to hear my voice because if you do, your whole life will be forever different. And his plans for you are all for good and benefit. And his heart is filled with abundant, extravagant thoughts about who you are and about what he has in store for your life. So he gives the Holy Spirit to us for a number of reasons. The scriptures say to comfort us, to guide us, to teach us, to empower us. And he's also there to reveal things given to you by the Father. You interfacing with the scriptures. When you wake up in the morning, you're like, God, I want, I want you to speak to me. Our first place is just cracking open the scriptures to say, God, highlight something to me today. God, I want to read your word. I want to discover more about who you are, more about how you operate, more about your ways. And God, I, I pray that, 
before I just begin to dive into your word, God, that you would highlight something to me. And I'm going to commit that I'm going to keep reading until something jumps off the page to me. Now, that could be like that, for, you know, if, if, you, if you open up or if you're maybe reading a book of the Bible or you're, um, sometimes devotions are, um, are great for certain seasons in your life. Um, but I would submit that that shouldn't be your mainstay of when I get in the Word, that you should be diving deeper into the Word, that you're cracking open a, a, a book in the Scriptures to say, God, I want you to speak to me, and I'm going to keep reading until something pops off. Sometimes it's the second verse you read. Sometimes it's four chapters later. But God wants to speak to you through His Word. It isn't for the super saint, but it's for every follower of Jesus. God is speaking all the time. God is speaking all the time. Now I equate this to, you know, you know, radio stations and radio waves are constantly swirling around you all the time. Now you need to have a tuner in order to get to the right frequency to pick up that radio station. But those radio waves are constantly sending signals. But we don't really listen to the radio anymore, do we, right? I mean, but there's, there's, there's radio waves, there's radio signals constantly being sent all the time. All you need to do is turn on your radio to pick up those frequencies and hear what's on the radio station. God's voice works the exact same way. God is always speaking to you. He always is. And it's, God, I want to be able to tune my heart and my mind to hear your voice of what you want to say. And what he does, interestingly enough, when you finally get to a, or the right frequency with the Lord, what he'll do is there are certain seasons where he'll change the frequency. So you don't reduce God to a formula where it's like, God, I want you to search me out. And so at certain times, reading the scriptures where God's just powerfully speaking to your life, and then there's certain times where it's like, man, I'm just reading, I'm just really not getting anything. But when I listen to this worship song, I'm just melted. Well, maybe God's trying to increase the tools on your tool belt and to where you can connect with him through a song or connect with him in silence or connect with him out serving people or connect with him however else. And so God sometimes changes the frequencies on us to keep our heart connected to his and not reduce him down to a formula. Hearing God develops uh, as you expect him to speak to you. We'll finish up here. John 10, 5 says, My sheep know my voice, and it is their nature to know and hear my voice. That's, even, that's Jesus. My sheep hear my voice. Jesus believes that you, everyone, can hear his voice if we're tuned in to him. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said this to the enemy as he was being tempted after his 40 days in the wilderness. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you've wondered why your life is dry or you feel lonely or you feel like there's just something isn't right, hearing God's voice will meet all those needs in your life because that's what you're made for. Hearing God will transform everything in your life from the inside out. Hebrews 12, and we'll end with this verse. Hebrews 12 says this. 
Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. The writer of Hebrews, some say, some theologians say it was Apollos, some say it was Paul. I don't really know the author of the, uh, the book of Hebrews, but Hebrews is like, let us strip off every weight, all that noise, any kind of sin that we have in our life, let us strip that off and focus our mind and our affection and our will on the Lord. Say, God, you're this, you've made my spirit come alive, and I want that spirit interacting with your spirit every day. I don't want, to, I don't want a day to pass without having you in my life. And so I encourage you that just throughout this series, I ask you to pray one of the boldest prayers you could pray. God, I want to learn to hear your voice. Speak to me. Your servant is listening. God, just that you would speak throughout my day. God, I pray and and my, my ears are open. And God, if there's any sin in my life, God, I repent of that. So let's pray together. God, if there's, if there's anything in our own life, Father, that, that Lord would be standing in our way, that is hindering us, that's slowing us down, God, I pray that we would just repent and say, God, we, don't, we want to turn from that. We don't want to be held back for, from your awesome plan for our life, an awesome purpose that you've made us for in this generation in this season, in this nation. Father, I pray that, Lord, you would just forgive us of that sin. Forgive us of that. And, and, and it could be, when I say sin, it, it's, it's, it's not just an action, but it could be an inaction. Passivity, pride, arrogance, rebellion in your own heart. God, we repent of that. And God, we want to be people that cry out to hear your voice, to speak to us. So Lord, I pray just through the, through the next few weeks, through this series here at Bluemont, God, that you would just open up our world to hear you and to be people that hear your voice, not only for our own life, but God, for lives of others. God, for, for bringing a prophetic voice to our community or to the nation. Father, train us, teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.